0: The crew tried to make sense of a confusing sports card market, then later bust out the tinfoil hats for a Trey Young conspiracy. Coming up now on SCC. Welcome to episode 28 of Sports Cards Culture. I'm Chris, Instagram at Chris underscore HOJ, also known as Hoge here with Christina at Christina's PC, Nick at Stiff Arm Wax, and Josh at Cardboard Underscore Chronicles. Quick announcement for you Card Ladder Pro members out there. Christina, when are the Fantasy Sports Card Collections due?
1: Reminder, everyone, your collection for Fantasy is due at midnight East Coast time on June 30th.
0: Wednesday, Wednesday of this week Yes Wednesday, June 30th by midnight But just do it now, just get it done now Don't procrastinate on this, this isn't homework Uh, You can check out the Sports Cards Culture episode 27 For an in-depth breakdown of Card Ladder's Fantasy Sports Card Competition Christina, for those who are just hearing about this for the first time Please tell them, what is the prize?
1: The grand prize is this 19 20 Prism Cello Box sealed. And one year membership to Card Ladder Pro. The second and third prize winners also receive a one year membership to Card Ladder Pro.
0: So all you have to do to enter, create a new collection using your Card Ladder Pro account, title it hashtag fantasy, and spend ten thousand fantasy dollars, not real dollars, just go nuts, ten thousand fantasy dollars and not more on building your fantasy collection. The fantasy collection that is worth the most. At the end of July, we'll be declared the winner. All the information you need is available at cardladder.com slash fantasy. That's cardladder.com slash fantasy. All right, let's get into today's episode. Making sense of a confusing sports card market. We are in a mixed market right now that can be difficult to understand, so let's take a few minutes, let's dig deep into the data and the analytics that CardLadder provides and let's see if we can try to make sense of what's been going on in the sports card market lately. But Josh, before we get to the quantitative stuff, let's do some qualitative stuff. You and I host a live Instagram show every Friday night. We talk to lots of hobbyists, collectors, investors throughout the week as well. What are some of the sentiments that people are expressing about the sports card market right now and how do they compare to the sentiments that people were expressing 3 months ago?
2: People are definitely nervous right now, but I think they're still optimistic. Most of the questions we get, like 95% of the questions we get are you know around the the idea of when is the market going to rebound? Like how much longer is this going to go? You know, what is going to be the catalyst that turns this around? You know, is it going to be next preseason? Is it going to be the finals? Is it going to be Football, you know, people just really want to know, and I think what that says to me is that they're nervous that the market's down, but they want it, they want to stay in it because they're having fun. Like they, they, they might not be able to stay in it financially because of what's happening to the cards they bought, but they would like to. So they're engaged and they're asking questions and trying to get a, a hold on what's going on.
0: Christina you talk to a lot of people too does what Josh described match up with what you've been experiencing when you're interacting with people through the card letter Instagram account or through Christina's PC or personal account or just what you see when you're maybe overhearing hobby content that I'm listening to or in your group chats uh, What what's going on here does does it line up with what Josh just described
1: yeah I think so I think people are enthusiastic and they're excited and the momentum is building to start spending again but they're a little hesitant because they think the market is down but to which I would like point out like if you're willing to pay prices now at what they are like you shouldn't worry about the overall market because the market is what we as collectors choose to spend money in sports cards so like if you think that this is a good buy just buy the freaking card if you like it like stop thinking about what it's going to be worth in a year from now and just think about are you valuing this card at this current price
0: instant poll to all three of you uh <laughs> stiff included is it easier for you to buy a card when the card is trending up in price or is it easier for you to buy a card when the card is trending down in price christina which one's easier
1: i mean easier or smarter easier <laughs> those, are, those are two different more comfortable. obviously um i think you feel more comfortable when it's trending up okay But for long term, you want it to trend down and you want to pick it up as it's going down.
0: Josh, same question to you. Is it easier to buy when a card is trending up or when it's trending down for you personally?
2: It's definitely up. Um, I mean, psychologically up, but also because, you know, I have such a, a great understanding of the market. I'm able to, if I can sense that the market's going up, I can just more quickly act on things and find things quicker. Because of my experience and so it's just easier that way but i i mean it's more like a psychological thing it's just it's just a lot easier for you to be like well i know this is going up so easy easy buy even though like like christina said it's smarter to do the opposite
0: and it is interesting how those two are at odds um the thing that feels comfortable isn't always the wisest move nick is it easier for you to buy a card when it's on its way up or when it's on its way down see yeah to me i always want to buy if i think the card is undervalued just in my head like if i think the the card should be going for more so usually it's and i always think i missed it if the card is on its way up i'm like i just missed the card i shouldn't buy it now but i'm you know it's good my opinion's nothing uh you know it's definitely easier to buy when it's on its way up i i think that's that's true but i'm glad stiff gave voice to the other side because there are people who see it that way too. Let's get back to the topic of the market here, Um, and now let's dig into some numbers. There is no perfect way to measure the sports card market as a whole. In fact, some would say it's not even wise to do that. It's better to understand the sports card market as consisting of independent market segments that you could partition by sports, like you have football and basketball, or by player, or by price range rather than trying to understand the market as a uniform whole. But with that sentiment in mind, let's cautiously try to understand the market as a whole, and let's look at some macro measurements of the sports card market, and then we'll also look at some of its segments. So using the Card Ladder Index, which tracks 50 frequently transacted, iconic, high market cap sports cards, I will give you three data points. Number one, the index was worth $12,980 on January 1st, 2021. It was worth $30,221 on March 8th, 2021. And it's now worth $20,738. So Josh, basically the story that the Card ladder 50 is telling us is that the market has doubled or a little less than doubled in between January 1st and now. But we also had this manic period of growth where it tripled between January 1st and early March. So two things are true. The market has doubled since January 1st, but it's also down 33% from the peak in March. How do you make sense of what's happened so far in 2021?
2: I was talking to a friend today and he was telling me that Uh, he thinks the market is back to where it was a year ago and that's sort of the the sort of tells the story for me of what people feel right now versus what's reality so it's just to me it's just that the reality is things went up way too fast too quickly and that's the that's the main driving force for the reason it's come back down and it hasn't even come back down like you're pointing out near to what it was even just six months ago which is incredible still it almost feels like you know there's still room for it to go down and sort of get back to sanity levels but the overall feeling that people have is still that it's you know it's down back to like a year ago or it's or it's you know so far down that you know people are willing to leave and whatever. But still, the data speaks for itself, and that's the point of the CLN 50 is like we can we can accurately go and point at data to to tell the story we're trying to tell.
0: Well said. Okay, let's now talk about some cards that have set record highs within the last week and that are bucking this trend that we just described. Uh, That is happening with the CL50. Uh, The first one up is the 2000 Metal, number 267 Tom Brady PSA 10. This card has a population of 185. Here is how this card has performed over the last six months according to Card Ladder. It sold for $2,699.99 on December 31st. It sold for $3,999 on March 14th. And then last week, it set a record high when it sold for $6,700 on June 24th. All right, so obviously contrasting this against the trend that the CL50 has exhibited, whereas the CL50 went from 12 to 30 to 21, this Brady went from 2,700 to 4,000 to 6,700. And it's important to note the dates. So when the Brady hit was at 2700 that was right at the turn of the new year when it was at four grand that was right there in early march when the index was peaking and then while the index has retreated substantially since early march this card is setting record highs it just set a new record high on june 24th so josh why do you think that this tom brady rookie card is bucking the trend that the index is is exhibiting
2: uh well it it made the mistake of not going up 200% in 6 months. Right. <laughs> I mean right. it's you were like you probably had to spend some time trying to find cards that didn't triple during that time period from beginning of the year until March and you found one right it went up about 70% and so the story of that card is that it didn't need to correct back downward it just simply slowly rose up and caught up to where the CL50 was but lagged behind so I think that's really. I don't think there's too much more to look into it, to be honest.
0: No, but it is fun to note, and in in relation to the comments that you had uh, cited from a fellow collector you were talking to, um, the market in a lot of ways has returned to where it was maybe six months ago, maybe a year ago for certain cards. The card letter index kind of says it might feel that way, but it's really maybe numerically not playing out that way. It's actually the market is. Is much higher than it was even six months ago, about twice as high. Uh, but I, but I wonder with a card like this, um, in no way, shape, or form, is it where it was six months ago or a year ago. A card like this is <laughs> shattering records. It's more than doubled since six months ago. Is there something like special about this card besides the fact? That it didn't, you know, go parabolic is, it, or is that really the secret recipe here? Is that those cards with slow and steady growth just become more appealing over time, whether you're a collector or whether you're an investor?
2: There's, there's nothing about that card that stands out to me that says that it should buck any trends because it's. You said it's pop 185, so it's not like it's a super low pop. It's not one of the main brand Brady's rookies. It's, it's probably you know, it, it would struggle to be in the top ten for Brady collectors for rookie cards. So. I'm not sure i mean it might honestly what it is is that it's just far enough away from what people would quote unquote manipulate you know to go up so fast and for all this manic you know panic buying of different cards it kind of that one kind of slipped under the radar people didn't really notice it and it just sort of gradually went up because it was you know being purchased by brady rookie collectors trying to complete maybe their psa set for all the psa 10 brady rookies as opposed to people trying to get rich during those three months buying the quote-unquote like uh you know the rookie cards you should be buying
0: love it love it. that really many insightful things there looking at a picture of this card Mm -hmm. beautiful card
1: beautiful card
0: are you ready to start our tom brady collection (laughs)
1: always
0: (laughs) that's what i thought
1: um i'll even go further and say i like this more than the bowman chrome
0: Wow! Like,
1: I like I like the look of this. I really do. Um, and like it's a it's a really sweet looking card, and I don't really care much for, like the oh it's not, like a nor like it's not what Brady collectors are looking for. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm not looking for what other collectors are looking for. I'm looking for cards that speak to me, and uh, I really yeah. enjoy this card. I like how he comes out of like a like pixelated like faded background
0: just because this card has been on a steady upward trajectory and has outperformed the index that doesn't mean that it always will okay so that that's a good caveat to, to put in place here we could come back in three months and talk about this card and its value could be cut in half or it could be double um, that just but it's interesting to try and identify if there are things that make these cards unique uh, all right next up is the 1997 skybox premium thunder and lightning michael jordan inserts and in a grade of bgs 8.5 this card has a population of 28 here are the last three sales of this card thank you to the card letter database for these data points it sold for 1800 dollars in november of last year it next sold for $2,800 in April of this year and then it set a new record high last week when on June 23rd the one year anniversary of the Card letter Soft Launch, it sold for $3,150 so 1800 to 2800 to 3150 Christina we've been collecting and studying the market on 90s Jordan inserts and parallels for years. Why do you think that this card has been immune to the drastic price swings this year?
1: This is a card that i personally don't really like the look of like the lightning that's like coming off of like so that's the,
0: the key the circle. ugly cards yeah i mean i okay. think
1: that i think that it it goes to like like the art of cards where like some people like it and some people don't just like art like y- no one ever is going to agree 100 percent on if something looks good
0: so can i identify something yeah. here yeah so it's almost like the like Josh's observation about the Brady medal rookie, your observation about this Thunder and Lightning Jordan rookie, it's like these are cards that just for whatever reason aren't really main staples of what people are looking for, and so they've just kind of ridden the coattails of the market without ever going too high. They've just sort of just existed in the wake of the main cards, and that's been like really steadying and a smoothing, calming influence. Nobody's going manic over these cards, right?
1: we look at the market as a whole and we just step back and we even like flatten out that bump in march where the market was going manic you see a steady incline so when these cards that aren't like sought after by huge collectors or by a big number of collectors don't have that huge peak and then fall we just see the steady incline which is the sports card market
0: very interesting Josh, uh, this MJ insert is up 72% since last November. That puts it on par roughly with the CL50 over the same period. The difference is that this MJ insert never got sucked into the volatility like we were saying. It just sold three times, and each time it was a relatively modest new all-time high, where you contrast that against the CL50 where you go from 12K to 30K back to 21K talk about the difference between owning cards like psychologically owning cards that have these dramatic swings in the short term versus cards that just grow slowly and consistently over a longer time horizon
2: it's definitely a lot easier on the stress levels and the you know ma- maintenance of one's hair and heart uh t- on the latter because i mean it's like it's like watching one, one of these playoff basketball games where a team goes up by 20 and you just get these crazy highs and you're just so excited. And then all of a sudden, you know, the other team comes back and makes a run and now you're only up five. And it's like, would you rather have just had a steady flow of the game up five and like feeling confident or that you just blew this huge lead and you just got outscored by 15? It's like, which is the feeling you prefer? Uh, I definitely prefer the latter of the the steady You know what I was thinking of, though, during all this discussion? Do you remember, Chris, when we were doing Crossover, probably like right in the middle of all the craziness, and everyone was like um, asking us, like, well, I still want to get into cards, but I don't know what to buy. You know, all the cards that I'm looking at have gone up so much. What can I do? And we started poking through the ladder and trying to find sort of more, quote-unquote, like oddball cards of the goats. And these two cards you pointed out are exactly two of the cards we would have pointed out. It's like, this one's only gone up 50% and the pop is low people aren't really talking about it it's you know probably like the 40th best jordan card you could buy uh you know relative to you know people's rankings and whatever but same with that brady and i think that's uh i think that's what we're seeing now is like those are the cards that never really have gotten the shine but they just sort of like you said ride the wave of the market and here they are slow and steady as they go
0: super interesting stuff there let's talk about one more card the 1933 Gaudi number 144 Babe Ruth PSA 5. This card has a population of 107. Here are its last three sales per card ladder it sold for 20,000 last December, it sold for $30,750 in March, on March 12th, right at that peak, and then it sold for 38,000 on June 17th. One question on this one for Josh that we don't end up beating a dead horse here Uh, Josh this Babe Ruth card has increased 89% over the last 7 months just like the MJ insert it has roughly matched the performance of the CL50 over the last 6-7 to months but it has not experienced wild fluctuations again what about a card like this one like this 33 Gaudi number 144 Babe Ruth how does this card fit into the bigger picture of the sports card market
2: they are pretty similar they are similar Um, I know I mean, the vintage baseball thing is has always had this perception that it's like this safe, kind of up and right, very slow thing. And maybe in this case, people are just playing into that and not necessarily running out to try to flip it really quick. It's not really like a, a flip kind of card. The people collecting that really old baseball stuff aren't doing it for the quick flip. It's always traditionally been sort of the slow build. And so it's just kind of staying in the course for that.
0: Good stuff. I love the analogy too of... Would you rather like run up a big lead in a basketball game and then still end up winning <laughs> true, right? by a small margin, or would you rather just have a small margin the whole way and and win?
2: Because the Hawks were up like fifteen tonight. We're filming this on Sunday. Hawks are up fifteen, and then at halftime the game was tied, I believe. So it's like you could think, "Oh, we're tied and we're projected to lose this game. We're doing great," but or the fans are just like devastated because they were just up fifteen earlier. So it's it's really awkward feeling.
0: Definitely, But whether it, the teams were lockstep to get to the tie score at halftime or whether one team was up big and then it, you're still at the same outcome, but psychologically it's very different. Final segment for today, why isn't the Trey Young card market exploding? So uh, by any meaning of the phrase, Trey Young and the Atlanta Hawks have exceeded expectations in these NBA playoffs – Yet, Trey's Prism Silver PSA 10 is currently treading water in the $1,500 price range. The card was selling for over $3,500 in late December and early January. Over $3,500, and that was at the beginning of the season. The card is down 56%, and it's not just his Prism Silver. Rarer and more desirable cards of Trey's are down as well. His 2018 Select Courtside Silver PSA 10, which has a population of only 27, sold yesterday for five grand. It sold for $7,500 on January 25th, or his 2018 Prism Red, uh, which is out of 299 it's a PSA 10, has a population of 111. Jersey match, color match. It sold for $7,000 in early December. It last sold for $3,900 less than two weeks ago. Josh, my question to you is simply this Given the fact that Trey Young is performing at a level well beyond what any reasonable basketball fan imagined possible in his playoff debut, including knocking off the formidable 76ers in a seven game grueling series en route to an Eastern Conference Finals appearance. Why do you think the Trey Young sports card market isn't exploding right now?
2: Because he's playing. <laughs> uh, I mean, if, we've, if we haven't learned it by now, the, the number one reason that sports cards go up in value for, uh, for the younger players, let me put that caveat on it, for the younger players, the active guys, is their inherent prospecting of them and their, their hype and their future value. So people are prospecting that one day this player will be XYZ, And, you know, they're prospecting that he's going to get better. He's going to win championships, et cetera, et cetera. When they actually are currently playing, you just, you can't prospect. You're just having to take the results as they come. And that's, that's what all it is. And he is, he is exceeding expectations. That would be the one thing that I would say would outdo what I just said before was that if you're just like, you know, you're, you're, you're very much out uh, exceeding the expectations. I think maybe in this case. The thought is that the Sixers like blew the series, as opposed to the Hawks taking it from them. That's maybe one narrative that could be told. I mean, it's it's mostly about how you know bad yeah. Ben Simmons played, and less about how how great Trey Young was. But I don't know. His stuff just had so much, so much growth. Again, it's just kind of playing to the same thing. It just went up so much that even with strong play, it still can't maintain. Uh, it can't it still can't maintain the growth over that long stretch of time.
0: Well said because we remember Trey Young had like a had 9 months off in between when the NBA suspended his season in 2020 and when the season resumed and over that period of time that was when his Prism Silver for example got up to $3500 like it it quadrupled or quintupled um maybe I, it went up by by multiples over that 9 month period where he didn't play maybe Everybody got a little bit ahead of themselves. I don't know. It's very difficult to think about. Uh,
1: I just want to say you said that he's exceeding expectations of what quote any reasonable basketball fan end quote could assume. But I want to say collectors are not reasonable. <laughs> so <laughs> like so that that's like like we should just throw out that sentence.
0: I think they might be sleeping on Trey Young a little bit right now. Uh, But I don't know. It kind of depends upon what their expectations were of Trey Young. Josh, let's close with this. Um, What about this notion that collectors and investors have already made their bed, so to speak? This theory suggests that we all have already chosen our preferred prospects from the star-laden 2018 and 2019 draft classes, and we aren't interested in shifting our positions now. Some might even suggest that there is a conspiracy among collectors to avoid acquiring Trey Young cards or avoid giving Trey his due praise. Do you have any thoughts on this? Does this have any explanatory power?
2: I, I'm usually not the, the tinfoil hat conspiracy guy, but I, I, I really buy this one. Like One thing I know about collectors is that we are a prideful, stubborn bunch of SOBs. Like We start collecting a guy, and we're going to stick with him, And we're going to, you know, not want to budge. And and another one is like, I'm just not going to want to admit as if someone personally, I said this, that Trae Young was extremely overvalued. I didn't think he was that great of a player and I'm very stubborn and I'm going to stay by that. And, you know, until I'm really proven wrong and he wins like three championships in a row or something, you know, like I'm going to, I'm going to really stick by that. And you see this with like, uh, you know, hot takes in sports itself, like people, like skip bayless you know really hanging on to this like lebron stinks thing and it's like come on dude it's been 18 years of you being proven wrong how much more and he's not going to because he's too prideful so i think we're seeing a little bit of that here in this thing and i wish i had my little tinfoil hat because i would wear it on this one
0: good and and i i i like it too it is it's a very thought-provoking take and the only, th- and I think you you when you said collectors are very prideful, it's so true. And it is collectors, right? Because if this was just investment stuff, and like you know, a, with a lot of Trey cards, they're either one third or one half the price of like Luca, or you know, they're similarly priced or maybe a little bit cheaper than Zion. And if if it was like unambiguously clear that Trey Young is the budding superstar and the Hawks are on this path to like make return appearances to the finals or even have a shot to win, the pure, rational, calculating investor would start making those moves. But we're not dealing with cold, calculating investors when you talk about sports cards. You're talking about collectors. You're talking about pride. You're talking about ego. You're talking about hot takes and opinions and, and digging our heels in and fandom, really. Fandom is what we're talking about. Uh, but but the financial component complicates it so good fun smart takes um, will be interesting to see how that all unfolds that's going to do it for episode 28 of sports cards culture remember to get your fantasy collections in don't be late don't miss out uh, and, and certainly don't come around later and say oh you are this great knowledge of the market this is your chance to prove it this is your chance right here to show what you got. See you guys next week. Thanks for watching. Tell us in the comment section below what the crew should cover next week, and don't forget to subscribe. See you next time in SEC. Sports, cards, culture.